Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I want to take you to a scripture today um, as coming towards the end of our series, Jesus in the Marketplace, and wanted to talk to you this morning on worthwhile work. Out of that theme, and uh, with that, starting from Matthew chapter 11. I'm not sure who's in control of the heaters in room, but maybe we could just tone it down a little bit. What do you think? Uh, It's getting pretty warm up here. And uh, for those of you online, so good that you could join us. I really do pray that you experienced online what we just experienced in room during worship, especially in that moment, waiting on the Lord. What a great song that is. And I'd encourage you to download that on your streaming device and let it pipe into your home and into your car on the way to work. It'll make a huge difference. Worthwhile work, starting from Matthew chapter 11, believe it or not, verse 28 in the Passion Translation, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If you don't pay attention, you could think that Jesus is inviting you to come to a holiday, to a retreat. But when you understand that He said, take my yoke upon you, when you understand what a yoke is and what it is for, you'll realise that He's actually calling you to take on His work. Which is really an interesting thought because you know what? If stopping created energy, couch potatoes would be the most energised people on the planet. Have you ever noticed that when you have that Sunday afternoon siesta or Saturday afternoon chill, that when you wake up from that couch potato moment, there isn't more energy. This seems like you've got to go back again. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Can you give me a wave if that happens to you? Actually, you know, there is nothing that energises you like worthwhile work. Tiredness is more often than not the result of meaningless work or work without purpose. A woman from Albania moved to India to give dignity to the dying and spent her life there, consumed with the purpose of giving her life away. All the way into her 80s, she laboured 16 to 18 hours a day. Yes, I'm referring to Mother Teresa. Work that is worthwhile will energise you. The greatest message ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, was delivered to crowds of people on the hillside in northern Israel. Jesus gave that incredible message which included the Beatitudes and in that discourse, He outlined eight attitudes that those that were blessed by God would experience. Attitudes you needed to carry if you wanted the blessing of God to fall upon your life. I'm not gonna go through all eight, but let me mention some. The first one was those that have the attitude that they're aware of their spiritual poverty. No matter how spiritual or holy they think they are, they realise that that holiness and that spirituality came from the grace of God. And I wanna encourage you this morning, friends, that if we can continue to carry the attitude that we are spiritually impoverished without Him, no matter how spiritual you get, mature you get, 
holy you get, set apart you get, never lose sight of the fact that we are spiritually impoverished without Him, that He is the source and the supply. He is the beginning and the end of all that is good. He also went on to talk about those that were perpetually humble, regardless of how successful they became. Isn't it interesting that even godly people, Christians, Christ followers, once they become successful, can forget humility. But Jesus said, if you can remain humble, regardless of, I like that thought from Jordan, hands down or hands up. It's a hands down season or a hands up season. It could be a fist pump season. It can be, I don't know where to go season. But if we can remain humble, even at the pinnacle of your success, He talked about those that would work towards making peace. You know what? You can either be a piece of work or you can be a more powerful person and work for peace. Oh, I wanna encourage you this morning. Don't be a piece of work, but work for peace. It's not about keeping peace. It's actually about working for it. Have you noticed that sometimes you've got to work at peace? Turn to your neighbour and say, you're not a piece of work. He then finished out the discourse on the Beatitudes by saying that if you can remain blameless through persecution, in other words, don't lash out even if you think it's justified. Just remain blameless through persecution and God will bless you. It's interesting because it's kind of counterintuitive. It's, it's the opposite of what the world around us wants to teach us to do. Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, is an incredible story of attitude. It's like all the way through, if you have a look at worthwhile work, it's often not connected to the circumstances that come as a result of worthwhile work. It's connected to the attitude of the individual that has a call that's been given to them by God. Joseph was sold out to Egypt, but God was calling him out into his calling. Look at his story. He he gets sold by his brothers. First, he finds himself in the pit and from the pit, his brothers prospered from him. Then he finds himself in the palace, the Ishmaelites, they prospered by selling him to Potiphar's wife as a servant. He then finds himself in prison and it's in prison that Joseph personally prospered. Isn't it interesting that you can be in this contained place, but God can cause you to prosper in that containment. But it wasn't until he got to Parliament, he went from the pit to the palace, from the palace to prison, and then from the prison to Parliament. It wasn't until he got to to Parliament that everyone prospered. But everyone, they only prospered because of Joseph's attitude. When his brothers finally come to him and identify themselves, he had the opportunity to pay back, but instead he paid forward. He had the opportunity to say, woe is me. But he never did that, he carried his attitude. He kept a good attitude and, ha- and worked hard as a slave in prison and in parliament. He didn't pout and say, why me? You know what, God knows how to turn your story of slavery into victory. You just gotta keep walking, you just gotta keep carrying this attitude that goes way beyond the norm. Solomon, look at the Old Testament. Solomon was the wisest, richest, most powerful man in his time. And he proclaimed this, everything in life is meaningless. (laughs) It's like, what? Powerful, rich, wise? And he goes, everything is meaningless. He drew deflated, depressed, disillusioned about life under the sun. He lost the air in his sails. 
when he abandoned his mission? Is there, if there is nothing meaningful under the sun, our only hope must lay above it. Solomon found no delight in the visible because it only comes when you look to the invisible realm. Then you go to Paul, and this is actually my scripture for today. We were in staff devotions this week and Carolyn shared this thought. It comes from Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. Paul speaking, he wrote this. He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. It's just such a challenging thought that Paul would say, my life's worth nothing unless I finish the work assigned to me. Now I do understand this morning that most of us sitting here in church aren't apostles called to take the gospel literally to the four corners of the world, but all of us have been given an assigned work by God. All of us find ourselves in a place where we run out of energy on a consistent basis and it doesn't just to re, seem to reboot and recharge for some reason. And I want to clearly declare to you today that the reason is we're often doing meaningless work instead of meaningful work. And, you know, I've had different jobs over the years and some of those have been so menial, so terrible that you come home at night time and your wife does not let you in the house until you almost strip down naked outside and get rid of the dust and dirt and hose off before you can walk in. I can remember a time when we had to buy a separate washing machine because my work clothes were not allowed to be washed in the same machine as everybody else's because of the filth and the muck. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It was a long time ago, but I still remember. But I wanna tell you that was some of the happiest days of my life because even though that work was meaningless, it was connected to a greater purpose that was reaching a goal. And so it doesn't matter where you are today, you can be re-energised and recharged if you're on mission. Meaning is found in mission. When you lose sight of the mission of God put upon your life, then meaning will be removed. What's the secret? What's the secret? Find something bigger than yourself outside of yourself that makes you forget yourself so you can give yourself. I'll say it again, find something bigger than yourself, outside of yourself that makes you forget yourself so you can give yourself. The Beatitudes show us how to be blessed by God. These attitudes insulate us from evil without isolating us from the world. God gives you a work to finish, not a job to endure. In fact, you can't go in the Bible anywhere and find Job. There is a book, it's called Job, not Job. But everywhere you go, you find God giving man a work, a mission. And as we come into land real early today, I want to take you to 1 John chapter 3 and have a look at some thoughts around this. Because I believe today, you know, I could... 
If I had time, thank you, spend the next 25, 30 minutes trying to teach you how to clarify and identify the call and the mission of God upon your life. But really that would just go into your head. What I want to do today is just turn your heart on so that you'll pursue it yourself regardless of the time that we might have. But here in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, something just pops out to me. It says this, See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children, and that is what we are. And that is what we are. But I'm an apostle called to the nations, you're still a child of God. But I'm a prophet called to the church, you're still a child of God. He calls all of us children. And I wanna suggest, no, I wanna declare to you today that your identity as a child of God is the most valuable realisation that you will ever have. Because as you realise your identity in Him as a child, then the Father knows how to get His children into the place and space that He needs them so that they can do all that He's called them to do. You are a child of God. And if you're not a child of God today, read on with me. Why don't you all read on with me anyway? But the people who belong to this world don't recognise that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children but He's not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. You are a child of God and you are called to be like Jesus, not just in the marketplace, but in every sphere of life. It's gotta be the greatest challenge we've ever been given, to be like Him, don't you think? As Carolyn taught last weekend, the golden rule and the royal rule, Law. I want to look at them again because Matthew 7 and verse 12 says this, in everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you'd want them to treat you. For that is the essence of all the teachings of the law and the prophets. Teach everything you can teach in the Bible. Prophesy all you can about the past, present and future. But Jesus said this, all of that comes into one thought and to one goal that God has in mind that we would treat others in the same way we'd want them to treat us. But let me just make it really comfortable for those that are uncomfortable right now and really uncomfortable for those who are comfortable. I've been sent to comfort those without comfort and bring discomfort to those who are comfortable. This is how we read that verse. I will treat others the way I want to be treated, except in the circumstances where they've done something that I've never done. Jesus said, treat others the way you'd like to be treated if you were in that same situation. It's called love. Interesting, don't you think? The golden rule. The most challenging challenge God ever gave Jesus' followers. Then it's the royal law in James chapter 2. Your calling is to fulfil the royal law of love as given to us in the Scriptures. You must love and value your neighbour as you love and value yourself. 
for keeping this law is the noble way to live. But when you show prejudice, you commit sin and you violate this royal law of love. If you can realise that you are a child of God today, you're not some broken, messed up person that can never be put back together. Yes, you're broken, but God is putting you back together. You're not damaged goods, you're His goods. You're not damaged goods, you're His goods. The Bible says you've been recreated in Him for good works. You are His masterpiece. That's an incredible thought, don't you think? It should change the way you see yourself when you go home and look into the mirror. If you can just remind yourself that you're a child of God, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. You're His masterpiece, the book of Ephesians says. Called to be like Jesus, not just in the marketplace, but in every sphere of life. And so to find this mission and stay on mission, you just need to allow God to use you. Can I remind you, it's more about availability than it is about ability. It is availability before ability. Natural talents transform into spiritual talents when you surrender them to God. Mother Teresa leaves Albania. She's a young woman, goes to Calcutta, India, to give dignity to the dying. And then finds herself there 16 to 18 hours a day working to give dignity to the dying and does it into her 80s. I wonder how many times well-meaning, sincere, but sincerely wrong people came to her and said, Mother Teresa, you've got to stop this. You're a workaholic. You need to take a vacation. You need to have balance in your life. What about your family? I wonder how many times someone sincerely looked into her eyes but was sincerely wrong and said to her, you've got to slow down. You're getting old now. You need to think about a succession plan. What about your retirement? What about your superannuation? I wonder how many times sincere but sincerely wrong people tried to stop her providing that which God had put her on the planet for. Never ran out of energy. Never ran out of inspiration or motivation because every time she looked into the eyes of one that she was bringing dignity to, she knew she was doing exactly what God had called her to do. Friend, you're watching online or you're here in room and you're tired I wanna suggest to you that the tiredness is coming from meaningless work and the fact that you've walked away from the very mission that you were given. And as we come into land for this service, I wanna call out to those this morning and you say, you know what? My mission is unknown. I don't know why I am here. I wanna say to you this morning, there's a very simple formula for you to discover your mission in God. And that is find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. Many people today are obsessed with finding ways to prolong their lives. They're so caught up with trying to live longer that they never stop to consider why they are living at all. 
got an unknown mission, find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. And God will show you your future. You've accepted your mission. Just keep that faith in God every day and He'll supply. Can I remind you of that song? Wait on Him and He will renew your strength. Have you abandoned your vision? The mission that God has given you? I want to call you back to the mission. Lay in bricks 10 hours a day, five days a week and you find it meaningless. Put meaning in your brick laying by connecting it to a greater purpose. And some of it starts just like Jordan said by bringing that portion to the house of God so that the eternal mission of God can be perpetuated, fueled into the future. Some of that can be just connecting to a compassion child somewhere on the other side of the world and providing for that family to grow and to prosper into the future. Some of that can be connected just in simple things. But I wanna suggest to you that there's a greater call upon you. And God wants to make that known. Jesus in the marketplace is who He's called you to be to be like Him, to be that solution, to be that carrier of the royal law of love. I'd love to pray with you in this moment. Father, I thank You right now for Your Word. You said, come to You, all of those who are weary and tired, find rest for our souls. God, often energy is lost when thoughts are old. When we come to You, You put a new yoke upon us, a new purpose, a new mission. This is what we were created to do. And in that, we are re-energised by You. We learn from You. We watch You. We walk with You. We don't work alone. We work alongside You in the thing that You've called us to. So God, I pray today that this Word would settle in our hearts as a seed and bring forth a hundredfold return, a harvest of everlasting life in and through us. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.